Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Gus, the first meal I had outside my own home following the quarantine was at your house. Brought over a bunch of meat. I brought over my Alpine Touch, but I didn't bring it home. I forgot it at your place. Our first meal was made better, as every meal is made better by Alpine Touch on basically everything. I put Alpine Touch hickory smoke on my cereal in the morning. <laughs> It's, it's reached that level of usage. And the fact that you left it, I knew that you left it at my house. You brought it over, left it at my house. And like a real jerk, I said nothing to you because I was like, well, that's mine, dude. That's it. You came to my house. You left it in my house. And I'm eating all of it. We've gotten so far into this Alpine Touch obsession, I think, that I just think we might be able to host a podcast about all the things that you can make with Alpine Touch. It would be short. Everything. (laughs) They have a bunch of different varieties of spices, as we know. Uh, They are local from the state of Montana. Shoto, shout out, original Alpine Touch. And it's great when it's not just local, when it's not just supporting the state of Montana, but when it's also actually the best thing that you can get. I mean, when it comes to spices, uh, it's second to none. So, boys and girls, use your Alpine Touch. Colter, tell them where they can get it. AlpineTouch.com, no matter where you're at in the entire world listening to this, if you are in the United States of America and you make an order of over $50, which, you know, if you get yourself the Grand Slam and maybe some barbecue sauce, some sunflower seeds, you're there. Free shipping anywhere in the United States of America right now. Uh, so go to AlpineTouch.com. They're rolling out all their summer Big Mountain flavor packages. The sunflower shoots are really, really good as well. Alpine Touch has got you covered. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. Right here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. And I wonder what it is I should do. It's so hard to keep this smile Now from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Welcome back, hour number two. Howdy, how are you? Hope you're well. It's Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. And, as always, around the world on our website, 1029ESPN.com. You'll listen on the stream all the time. Streams available thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you missed anything in the first hour of the show, you can check it out on the podcast. That's right, we save it in time for you as well, so you can get it 
whenever you would like it. The podcast available on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Rate, review, subscribe. It is available thanks to Blackfoot and Alpine Touch. It is time now for our ESPN Roundtable, and the Roundtable is brought to us by Paradise Falls, and in studio with us, very happy to have in studio, Brian Salonen, former Grizzly, former Dallas Cowboy, current assistant coach for your Missoula Hellgate Knights football team, and friend of the show, Brian, great to have you with you. Have you with us. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. Thank you uh, for the uh, opportunity to li- uh, be a part of your show. It's uh, I just got a kick out of listening to you on the way over and try to catch you every day. And uh, you guys are entertaining, to say the least. Well, God bless you for saying that and uh, and for being here once again. We got a lot to get to here, a lot more, actually, than we thought we (laughs) might have to talk about once upon a time. But uh, let's start just with the here and the now. And uh, you walk in, you got your HK football Nike shirt on, very sharp, I might add. That's a great – if you look good, you play good, right? That's That's what Dion said. (laughs) So that's the first step. But I know that we have a lot to talk about in terms of the prospects of football at the high school level, which Coulter and I haven't talked a ton about yet uh, amidst all, you know, everything that's going on. And so uh, we will get to that. But let's talk about just Hellgate football in general for a moment. This is a team that we know had such tough times, didn't even have, didn't even feel the varsity football team for a season. And then, uh, you know, comes back, you get a new coach, Coach Mick is there and you proceed through several years and have been growing and building get a couple wins it was bigger than any state championship ever the first the breakthrough win for hellgate uh and also have had some really good players notably raleigh wooster right who's been quarterbacking great football player got football offers even though he ends up going to play basketball at utah state where's hellgate at now though as a program that's building is now sort of moving through its first iteration of 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 uh you know a little bit of success well, it's uh, you're so true. It, you know, last three years we've we've tried to build and continue to get a little bit better, which I think we have. Uh, numbers at Hellgate are always uh, a little tough. Uh, it's just I don't know if it's the demographics or, you know, we keep trying to. You kind of think if you can get a few wins, you'll get more kids out, but uh, that it, it's certainly a challenge uh, to lose twenty to twenty three seniors last year. Uh, Going into this year, I thought, oh boy, uh, what what are we going to look like? But uh, we have been able to get together. Well, I think we've gotten together three or four times uh, now thus far in the summer and uh, pleasantly surprised by the attitude of the kids, uh, by how hard they've worked when we've had them together and uh, uh, certainly excited uh, and hopeful that we have a high school football season this year. The dynamic of getting kids out for football, it's its such a relatively new one, right? I mean, because I'm sure when you were growing up in Great Falls, I know when we were growing up in, in Missoula, and you wanted to be a part of something. Everybody wanted to play football. I mean, I, we had 30 seniors in my senior class, and most of them didn't play. They just wanted to go on the bus trips and eat at Applebee's and hang out and not have to go to class once a week. That sounded great. What has been the biggest challenge in that, though? Because the biggest obstacle Hellgate had was just not not have enough guys. I mean, there was a point in time right. where they weren't even dressing me as many guys as Drummond was. You guys got about up to twenty plus seniors. I mean, how do you go about doing that? How do you get kids to go play for uh, a school that when it's maybe not in vogue in the halls and in between classes? Well, great question. And in, in my ancient years, you know, football in the fall was all we had. That's right. Uh, certainly, Hellgate's cross country program that 
I believe gets 100 plus kids. Right. Uh, there's a wonderful soccer program. So there's certainly competition as far as what these kids uh, can do. And as I've always said, uh, football, football hurts a little bit. Uh, it's hard. Uh, it's physical. Uh, it hurts uh, painfully sometimes. And uh and then, you know, you get this concussion stuff going and a lot of people I think are a little hesitant and probably some parents, but uh, I don't know. I, I look back and say it's it's been a wonderful, uh, huge part of my life and always will be and I wouldn't have traded anything uh, ever for the opportunity to play. Uh, but we just keep battling. You know, I think last year in our playoff game, we took 28 kids to a playoff game in mm-hmm. AA football. That's... Uh, you know, or, or close to that. It wasn't many more than that. And so we'll, we'll, we'll you know, it, it's a challenge, but we'll continue. Most of our coaches are in the building and, and Coach Morris is in the building and walking the halls every day trying to trying to get kids to come out and help us, you know, if he, just to get some athletes out there. Well, we know that football uh, does and can hurt, but uh, Brian, <laughs> as you know, at this point uh, in our lives, being awake hurts, <laughs> right? So, I mean, you know, Getting used to it a little bit, preparing for it down the road, maybe maybe being athletically uh, inclined and uh, and working your body out actually helps stave some of that stuff off longer term. You know what I mean? I think You're in good shape. How you doing this? You biking all over town in the thing? Is that what's going on here? No, I get up every Some morning advice. and do a little something. My, His uh, neighbors my, tell me the early morning workouts. My, uh, my gym's in the outdoors and uh, close to the mountain or the university or the golf course or... I just uh, go outside every day and, and get a little something done. You know, I, I rode the ski lift this season with this kid from uh, from from Nebraska, I think he was from. At and Snowball? Yeah. Yeah. It was a surprise. I mean, no, he, no, the no. kid from Nebraska was probably about to start crying when he got to the top of Snowball. Well, That's the <laughs> steepest mountain he's ever seen in his life. Hence the conversation. I said, <laughs> the, I said, well, welcome to Montana, man. He was at the university. He said, what do you think? He goes, you know, I like it here, but you know, there's not that many gyms. He goes, everybody just seems to work out outside. And I was like, well, right. And he goes, I just like gyms. I'd like to go back to Nebraska. They got so many great gyms. I was like, yeah, well. I mean, God bless you. This probably isn't the place for you then, my friend. We get up at four in the morning, go with Brian, ride around, do a quick tour of the High Line, and back to Missoula, See, yeah, and that's your day. Your brother, when uh, when it got shut down, but there was still spring skiing available, oh, man. with no lifts. Yeah, he was going bottom to top a couple times a day. He invited mm-hmm. me to go. I said, No, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. I, I I like hiking. I don't exactly. like hiking to the top of snowball. Exactly. That's a workout. <laughs> uh, Brian Salonen joining us, uh, former Montana Grizzly, former Dallas Cowboy, and uh, this is our ESPN roundtable. When you look out, Brian, and you see everything that's been going on, and Coulter and I have talked a lot about the pandemic and the, the, the stopping of sports and the restarting of sports, and we spent a lot of time talking the high school level when it stopped. Because, of course, it stops right, as you mentioned, at the, the, the championship game of the state tournament. And we've had we'll have a senior spotlight that we've uh, been doing this every Thursday to try and highlight some of these kids who didn't get to have a season and spring sports track and field canceled and all of that. When you look at football specifically, though, and the attempt to restart, what what do you see? Because, again, Montana, I know we got a few more cases now that are starting up again, but it's still very few in, in relation to you know other places in the country, thankfully. Do you, do you think it looks good? Do you think it doesn't look good? What do you know? What do you not know? Well, I know nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's all of us. And, and don't know uh, much, uh, but... 
you know, when this thing first started, I I just didn't think that football would ever even be concerned. Uh, you just thought that maybe in a month or two we'll get through this. Right, and, right. Uh, oh gosh, you know, we're, what, six or seven weeks out uh, for football right. starting. And I just, uh, I'm certainly hopeful, but I, you know, just so much is out of our hands. It's whatever the governor uh, declares, you know, you look outside and three quarters of the cars you see are from out of state. And what is that, what effect is that going to have on, on our numbers? Uh, I, I just think it's such a big unknown. I don't think we've heard a lot from the MHSA as far as protocol or what's happening. And it's probably because they don't know. Um, right. But, you know, we sit there and go, uh, I don't know, football, obviously it's a contact sport. Uh, our parents going to want that to happen uh do you have to wash the football after every play do you have to sanitize all the equipment uh i, I just think it's uh certainly hopeful but boy i don't have a clue and it would be uh it'd be a long fall if if football doesn't happen well the last sporting event really we had in montana was the state tournaments High right school and, basketball yeah. and, and i mean you have kids at hellgate your son was involved in the team at hellgate this year and yeah you, so you were probably in the stands when they when they called the game, right? I mean, that must have been. Uh, we you obviously lived through your. I mean, a lot, all, all parents live through their kids. They feel their kids' emotions. We had Abe Johnson sitting in that same chair two weeks ago. He said, "I don't have anything. I have no way to put it into words." It was the worst thing that ever happened to us. What was the moment like for you though, as a dad? Because those kids, I mean, seven seniors that worked so hard and they were one step away, they didn't quite get to finish it. A lot of tears. Uh, I won't deny that. Uh, you know, it was interesting because the game before, or maybe. The afternoon session that day, I was sitting in the stands and they made the announcement that, hey, so far in Montana, we're good to go. This tournament's going on. And uh, in that last semifinal game about halftime, you could uh, you could just see the text going around the the arena that that some cases had opened up in Montana. And it was it was the strangest crowd because everybody was certainly excited about the game. But then they kind of knew what was going to happen. And uh Pretty much immediately after after they win the semifinal game, they made the announcement. Well, the kids hadn't even left the court. So, yeah, it, it came to an abrupt halt. And uh, like I told my son, Wes, I said, hey, uh, be thankful for, for two great wins at state. I think you proved to a lot of people sitting in the stands that you were a pretty darn good basketball team. And uh, luckily we got to play two games, you know. We, right. That tournament could have been called off. Right. And you're 21-0. and 0, and don't even get to don't even get a chance. Yeah. So I guess two was better than than nothing. But yeah, it was certainly a uh, it, that's one of those feelings you'll remember for a long time. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and twenty four seven support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call eight six six five four one five thousand or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more. Brian Salona joining us at ESPN Roundtable. Uh, Brian, one of the reasons that we've been looking for a time to have you in here is because uh, on the national level, you participated in something that uh, I think a lot of people are very interested in, very curious about, and uh, and you got to do it, chose to do it, uh, but that is a, a, a not a medical exam, a complete and thorough 
finding of your state of being physically at Boston Medical, uh, Harvard Medical, excuse me, uh, as part of uh, the NFL's you know attempt to try and start to chart some of where guys who played in the league, where they're at physically. Obviously, a lot of it has to do with concussions, with CTE, but again, it's even more broad than that. And you went in for a round of testing that is unlike anything I've ever heard of before. Start there. I mean, where did you – did the NFL, have they contacted – every former player to say hey would you like to participate in this it's we, we we would be appreciative of you doing this like how does that conversation get started for you as a former player well it was the study is performed by a, a doctor who began i mean i got to meet with meet with him my first appointment out there and uh, i think he's been working on this for eight or nine years mm-hmm. and just the just the red tape and the protocol, uh, years and years of trying to get this thing going. So Harvard Medical was truly the sponsor. The NFLPA, the Players Union, uh, supported it. And it was just interesting. Probably two years ago, I think I got an email. And uh, we get several. There, there's, there's several studies out there. And I've ignored a lot of them. But this one said Harvard Medical, and I thought, right, right. I think that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I I responded to the email, and they sent me a, a questionnaire, and I had to fill that out. And then I did about a two-hour interview over the phone to see if I qualified for their study. And uh, I'll be darned, I don't know, three or four months later, they called and said, yeah, you're in. If you want to do it, uh, we'll bring you back to Boston uh, to uh, Mass General. Uh, where a lot of the Harvard medical stuff is done and spent literally two and a half days from seven in the morning till nine at night uh, going through a a rigorous process uh, from uh, they actually did a full-blown sleep study uh, 64 probes in my brain to measure whatever they wanted to measure full body x-rays heart scans uh, heart echo MRIs, uh, injecting dye into you to have it go up to your brain to see if you've got uh, some proteins that are are common in CTE. And again, that that's something that they can't find until you're dead, uh, unfortunately. Um, but it was uh, it was amazing. I've I've told them many times. I extremely impressed. Zero waiting. Had an attendant with you that picked you up at the hotel at seven in the morning. Uh, took you to every single appointment. I think we were in five different hospitals in Boston. Hmm. Uh, it, it was just the no waiting, obviously. You kind of got priority. And from the doctors that worked with you and the neurologists and the head guy, it, it, it was unbelievable. Uh, the most professional uh, thing that I could have ever dreamed of and, and certainly was a little clueless going into it. But it, it was really enjoyable to be a part of it i've told them that and what was really interesting is i've i was number 22 of every retired player mm-hmm. ever in the nfl i was number 22 that went through that study and i was really i, I thought maybe thousands sure and uh you know the head guy that ran the study he just said a lot of guys don't respond and he just thought a lot of guys are kind of scared to really find out well, well, that what's was gonna going be my, that on. That was going to be my question because so many guys that you played with, we've seen now 
the evolution of guys that played in the 80s and the 90s and guys that have been retired for a couple decades now. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of it's not good. I mean, Jim McMahon came and take off his sunglasses in public, right? Yeah. And we've had you know the tragic case of Junior Seau. There's been multiple guys that have either committed suicide, attempted suicide. I mean, it's... It's horrifying, a lot of the things that have happened. How much of you think that was, though, guys? Maybe Did you have apprehension going in, or were you like, man, maybe I am, I'm more messed up than I think I am? Uh, no apprehension. I was curious to see what they would find out. Right. Uh, because there's certainly pain involved every day. I think my mind is, is pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> but as you get older, you know, and, and you take... I wish we could have had a counter on our helmets of every, mm. every oh, time man. you had a collision. It, it doesn't have to be a big collision. Uh, right, you know, probably million. I don't know how many times. Oh, I you, mean, when you harken back to playing high school football in Montana, you yeah. know, for the coaches you played for, then playing a, you know, <laughs> in the big sky. I mean, you're, you're millions. Yeah, for sure. it was a physical game, um, and, and it is a lot of the testing was, uh, which I've had before when I did my concussion testing for the NFL uh, at the University of Utah in Salt Lake, which was a, a great experience, also, but. Uh, uh, they ask you a lot of those questions and they, they say, Hey, we're going to ask you questions. And if you need us to bring in a, 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 a physician to listen to your thoughts and they talk about depression, mm. I mean, hundreds of questions that you had to answer about depression, about alcoholism, about drug use, about, yeah. uh, are you, do you feel that you might hurt yourself? Do you feel that you might hurt others? Uh, do you feel like you, life can't go on? I mean, it's just bombarded with there was probably four or five tests of 50 to 100 questions each that they wanted you to answer uh so it it's certainly prevalent and uh you know i feel uh so fortunate to i think my faculties are in pretty good shape but there's a lot of guys that they they're obviously not doing well because you could tell that by the questions they're asking right brian when was what is the goal of this for either Harvard Medical and or the NFLPA? And I should have been clear that it's the NFLPA that is behind this, not the league. Correct. As such, uh, a very important distinction. Uh, but what are they? I mean, okay, CTE in general. We know there's a number of studies out there, but this is certainly more thoroughgoing than 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 just that, or at least more detailed than just that. But what is what are they hoping to get out of this? What is the goal of, of all of this? That's a that's a lot a decade of work and so far to twenty two guys, maybe more at this point. Um, you know, what 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 are they hoping to accomplish? Um gosh, I wish I had a, a good clear answer for that. Um I'm not sure. I, no. I, I think they just gather this data and, and they were to the point that they were trying to have two former players come in a week after after I was done, and then obviously COVID hit. So I'm sure they've they probably had to shut down for three or four months. Sure. I don't even know if they're still doing the study, um, but I I I don't know exactly. Uh, I, I guess they, you know, you've got you now you've got answers to all these questions, and you've got test results. Uh, they're smarter than I am. Maybe they've I, I don't know what they're looking yeah. for, but obviously trying to make the game safer, right. which again, it's still football and football has to be physical. And when you play the game, you understand that. I mean, I just, every weekend I watch whatever, high school, college, the NFL, and I look at it and say, oh my gosh, I think that's one of the greatest hits I've ever seen. And then here comes the penalty and here comes the fines or right. here comes the ejections. 
And so I'm still a little old school that uh, <laughs> I I love that game of football, but it is yeah. it it's physical and there are going to be collisions and uh, you know going into it you just have to be aware of that so are you a podcast guy do you listen to podcasts uh, I don't but I should there's so two tell Nuanas is a great one <laughs> yes, well, so yes he's, he's, I tried to hear you live he's okay. a live guy that's right, right. that's so what we he's, need he's Brian. hearing you talk about Steve Lennon and things like that <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had to text you guys. You're right almost now. causing Brian to wreck oh, his car, man. But one podcast I think you would find incredibly compelling. It's called Gladiator. It's about it's by uh, collaboration between Wondery and the Boston Globe. It's all about Aaron Hernandez, but it's about Aaron Hernandez and his basically his exploitation in the concept of football ink. Basically, if you are that talented, how they are just going to use you, even if they know you are, you know, a guy that probably has a lot of issues from a lot of different areas. But the other fascinating part, which I think would resonate with you a lot, is they talk about a lot of these Harvard medical studies, and they talk about when they studied Aaron Hernandez's brain and how he had the most advanced CTE of anybody under the age of 30 that they'd ever seen. But it comes with a caveat, right? Because like you said, they can't find the CTE until you're dead. Right. He's one of the only guys that was dead before he was 30. So yeah. who knows what right. it could have mm. been. But So one of the main parts of the study they talked about, though, is the predisposition to it. Are there people that are born with a lot of these proteins that are in your brain and then suffering repeated hits to the head accentuates those proteins? Because there could be some people like maybe you aren't predisposed to it. So maybe you didn't have, you know, concussions as at a as a high of a level. Right. I mean, there's probably guys you played with back in the day that they would get 10, 12, 15 concussions. Well, yeah, and I bet we've I mean, I've probably had eight or 10. Yeah, I right. Mean, yeah. If you play that goofy game long enough you're gonna you're gonna have them i mean uh, did i get ever get knocked out no and they asked me that what okay i lost my vision in my left eye twice and i still got to go out and play At doctors gave me four aspirin and said get back out there yeah well, okay um i'm not that good uh with two eyes let alone one <laughs> <laughs> but you know what back then you did it because yeah. you were scared that if you didn't they are going to uh, that afternoon, they're going to have somebody else to take your position. I mean, it's just a, it was completely different right. attitude and mental totally. state back then. I mean, you s certainly want to play now, but you know the the technology, the helmets. I mean, I remember Wes grabbing my old cowboy helmet this this year, and he just put it on and said, "This is a piece of." He, he, I go, "Yeah, uh, <laughs> it, it, you guys have better." tons better equipment youth football than we ever had but which is good for the game um but right. that is interesting that i'm sure you know everybody's composition is different and and he right. probably just had a little bit a little bit uh more so than than others have but i'm thinking if they studied almost all of us when we're gone right. there's going to be something there totally totally <laughs> brain brain and head trauma aside was there anything that you learned from these studies that surprised you that was positive or I mean did you know did they affirm I mean you look like you're in great shape you look need like to sleep more <laughs> was there any you need to sleep more I was in there? Say, I don't get up at four in the morning anymore but I might stay up till four <laughs> just to clarify that uh the uh my cardio was good uh they put you through some of that uh I think so far my heart is good which is important because my dad had a heart attack at 46 years old so yeah. you know you're always worried about that but yeah. I think that was pretty good back neck joints are a little banged up uh and they don't really give you the 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 results and maybe they don't have them yet on 
everything that's going on sure. upstairs. Uh, but it was even interesting. I mean, some of the pain stuff they put you through, they made you uh, put your fingers in like frozen ice and see how long you could leave it there before mm. you had to yank it out. And I mean, and there was three or four, t- they put something and like pinched your thumb huh. just to see your pain threshold. And <laughs> Interesting. So get a baseline for how tough a guy are we dealing I, with here or something yeah, like that. I, I, I'm surprised you're not still sitting in the office there, whatever, Brian. Whatever they measured, but it was it was kind of interesting. I mean, you kind of hung on as long as you could, but uh, but they tested it. So last question for me on this, B, but you've already said, you know, there's nothing, I wouldn't trade anything. It's been a big part of my life, a hugely positive part of my life, the sport of football, uh, you know, professionally, and now even, you know, extracurricular and your kids playing sports and so on. So, so I, I understand all that, but where, for people who have this apprehension about the game or maybe about their kids playing the game and so on and so forth, what do you think to to you as the positive parts where you go look at here's the risk is there we all understand that it's a it's a physical game what are the things that make it worthwhile like what what is it to you where you go even with even going to harvard medical for studies about the state of your physical you know uh, uh, being this was this this created so much in my life well Great question, and I think a lot of answers to that. Um, and I would also say to parents or to kids, uh, preparation is very important. Mm. And it, again, it always could happen, but very rarely does a a child or a young man uh, at the high school level or even the youth level have something severe happen. I mean, it certainly could happen, yeah. but I think if you teach it right and you coach it right and you teach the right fundamentals and you prepare your body for it, you're probably going to be okay. Um, I I mean, the the positives to me, oh my gosh. I mean, first of all, I think every ex-athlete or current athlete talks about the team and talks about your teammates and those relationships. And we all know because we're older, I'm real old, but our high school teammates, some of those people you'll never forget. And, totally. and you'll never forget those experiences and you'll never forget those bus rides. And maybe back then the goofy things that you did, right. uh, you know, I think it teaches you tons about discipline, about mental toughness, about physical toughness. And, and is it easy? No. Is life easy? No, not most of the time. Uh, and you know, life lessons, I mean, being on time, Again, Tom Landry, every single meeting, if you were a tenth of a second late, he'd find you. And then he'd double it, and then he'd double it, and then he'd double it throughout the whole season. No questions asked. He didn't care why you were late. You were late. And so, you know, now for me in the business world, you know what? Be on time and mm. and respect other people's time. So these little things that uh, – and I can say that about athletics in general. That's not just maybe a football statement. Uh, but I just think it – you know, there's an ad on your radio about – high school sports and right. And, and, right? right and how much how much it does for young people and uh it, you know to me i think it could be a huge positive yeah and the memories obviously last forever no doubt we'll get you out of here on this i know you're a fierce and proud university of montana alum i know we've talked a lot on and off the record just about the grizz and what the university has gone through over the last 10 years <clears throat> but last year breakthrough year uh you know the game and bozeman aside Pretty stellar season by Montana. Ten wins, quarterfinal berth. What do you think of just the trajectory of the Grizz right now with Bobby Houck back at the helm? Well, you mentioned it, Bobby at the helm. Uh, he's obviously uh, got a formula for success, and, and I think he 
you know, they work hard. They're extremely disciplined. Uh, they, you know, it's pretty structured. And, he doesn't uh, care about time or toughness, does he, at all? <laughs> That's not really his thing. I love it whenever we have former Bobby Hawk players in here, they show up half an hour. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're just sitting out there. I'm like, well, we knew, we knew the Bobby Hawk guy was going to come at 3.30, ready to go for his 4.30 interview. <laughs> you know, I think they're, they're going to be just fine. Uh, they, they, It seems like, I mean, that whole staff is, they're so close. They get along well. Uh, they understand. <laughs> There's nobody in the history of Montana that has more wins than Bobby Hawk. I think he's he understands the formula. And, uh, uh, yeah, they're going to be, they're going to be in great shape. Let's just hope that uh, that we get to watch them. Brian, appreciate you being here, man. This is awesome. Thanks for joining us on the roundtable today. Anytime. I'm back whenever you ask. Okay. That sounds great. What well, Wednesday, we got another one of these, right? <laughs> so right. We'll, we'll, we'll line it back up. Brian Salonen, boys and girls, our ESPN roundtable, former Grizz, former Dallas Cowboy on the uh, staff, Hellgate, getting ready for the football season there. We appreciate him being with us. The ESPN Roundtable is brought to us by our friends at Paradise Falls. Paradise Falls, 3621 Brook Street on the south end of town. Amidst coronavirus and social distancing, I'll tell you what, there's hard-pressed to find a better place to go have breakfast, lunch, or dinner open all day than a place you got indoor-outdoor seating, you got a gazebo, you got multiple rooms in that place. Plenty of space to go in, family, friends, and then be spread out. You don't have to deal with all the other people, which is really the silver lining of all of this, isn't it, that we don't have to deal with the other people? Go to Paradise Falls. Enjoy yourself for a whole day. 5.30 right now on a Wednesday, so that means happy hour. Still going for another hour. There you go. That's the early happy hour. Late happy hour starts at 9 p.m. They have late happy from 9 until 11, Monday through Thursday as well. This time of year, the sun stays out that late. So just Absolutely. go enjoy a late happy hour out on the back deck. Sounds like a great nightcap to me. 18 draft beers during happy hour. They're only 3 bucks a piece. Half-price cocktails, half-price appetizers. So go hit up Paradise Falls early and late happy hours, six days a week. Paradise Falls, 3621 Brook Street in Missoula. Missoula's coolest hotspot. 361-3688. Wing it Wednesday right now. We'll send you over to the Desperado for some wings. 361-3688. Give us a call. We'll do trivia next. Coulter, during this time where we got to be a little bit socially distanced, it's nice to know we can get out on the links and play a little bit of golf. And nobody better than Western Birch to get your round started right. That's right. Golf's been definitely one of my favorite pastimes during quarantine times. And it's recently landed my new Western Birch customized golf tees. Go check out Western Birch golf tees at westernbirch.com. These classy golf tees are made of 100% white birch hardwood and printed with high quality color right here in the United States. A company founded right here in Montana. These durable wood golf tees, perfect way for you to market your business. Just think, anytime you break a tee, your brand is sitting on the tee box forever. You can hand them out to your clients, your buddies, your golf partners, whoever. Great way to earn top of mind awareness while also playing a sport we all love. Yeah, and you can check out all the cool designs online at westernbirch.com. Add your logo on a thousand of any of their tees for $150 delivered to your door. Give them to clients, friends, watch them get impressed by the quality of the look of a simple golf tee and by your creativity. Give Western Birch the opportunity to show you what they're talking about. Email and ask for Chad at info at westernbirch.com, info at westernbirch.com, or follow on Instagram and Facebook, westernbirch.com.
thanks to Brian Salonen coming in here, hanging out with us for ESPN Roundtable. Very good of him to do that. We appreciate it. Um, it is Two Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. If you would like to call, 361-3688 is the phone number. We can do a Wing It Wednesday if you'd like to, 361-3688. All guests join us via the Rangage Brothers RV phone line. Uh, Coulter, this came out today, or at least I saw it today. Uh, this was uh, on, uh, on a, I think, the Seahawks Wire website, so it's like a fan you know, a, a Seahawks uh, a fan, not a really a fan page, it's journalism, but it's sure. dedicated only to the Seattle Seahawks, okay? Um, the NFL has sent out a memo to the league saying that they are going to be tarping off the lower rows of NFL stadiums. The first six to eight rows, in fact, uh, all the way around the stadiums are going to be covered and will not be available f- for seating in order to maintain the distance between whatever the first row of fans turns out to be and the edge. You know, in the new stadiums, always Coulter, right? They used to be these multi-event stadiums, and there was like a track in between. Sure. Old Washington Husky Stadium was that way. Yep. These stadiums now, much like Washington Grizzly Stadium, Bobcat Stadium, the same, you're right on top of it, man. You're yep. right there. And so the NFL is going, no, we're, we're, moving you, we're moving you back. Now, here's the first thing. They are allowing the teams to sell advertising on the tarp. So the tarp is going to have whatever kind of, you know, whatever, insurance, food, whatever it might be on there for that sort of exposure to try and offset the lost revenue of tickets for what are often the most expensive seats in the house. This is the other funny thing. It used to be that these were some of the cheapest seats in the house because you were on the same level as the team. You're not seeing over the offensive line. (laughs) You can't see a lick from from the seats in in the old days, if I may say so. But now uh, those are – that's that's one precaution. The other thing, though, that I'm a little interested in is just the presumption of – of fans, right? For the NFL, like they're they're saying, okay, we're going to keep this separating buffer between the fans and the players, which okay, like that that probably makes sense, probably a good idea, uh, and yet it also obviously comes with the presumption that there are going to be fans in the stadium when the NFL season begins, presuming the season begins on what are, you know first week of September. How optimistic are you about that? Oh man. Ask, are, ask me on a different day, right? Because it varies so much, doesn't it? It, it does, man. And I, Here's the thing. We are halfway, halfway right now between the, the sort of broad onslaught and knowledge of the coronavirus, COVID-19 right. pandemic, right. and the start of football. Right. Like it started, we're, we're six, what are, what are we, like eight, we're two months from now for, to football, and we're two months into this thing. You know, 10 weeks, whatever it is. We're like at the halfway part. So it is kind of crazy to sit here and go, well, what's going to happen again? Because nobody knows. But this is the day. I mean, it's whatever it is, June the 24th. So this is what this is where we're at in the here and now. And when you're sitting here going, yeah, okay, in in 10 weeks, football is supposed to start in the NFL. And this is what they're doing about it. Yeah, the, the hardest part about this to talk about is that I think that we had a collective fear 
as a world, honestly, when this first came out because of the, all this uncertainty surrounding it. And I think that that fear still exists among a sizable portion of the population. And I think that that fear has turned to anger for another portion of the population. And I think the anger is the part that's going to, unfortunately, curb everything. I think it's going to be the thing that slows us down. I think that a rational decision-making, both on an individual and organization basis, is going to be the thing that really is, uh, it hinders our safety quite a bit. You know, I mean, we've, we've talked about this. We've really tried to stay out of the politics of it all. But because of the politicization of this whole thing, because now there's a sizable group of people, both in America and around the world, that think that this is political ammo way more than cut and dry science, the more that the fight over the reality of the situation continues, I think the worse it is for something that is as, uh, should be as positive and life-giving as sports. Yeah. I mean, the more that people just make, the fact that the mask thing is is going so off the rails right now. And again, I'm not sitting here trying to lobby for anybody to lose their personal freedoms or whatever. But I, I just think that if you want to have football in the fall, you should wear your mask when you go to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying, I don't want anybody to tell me I have to. I am actually, in fact, opposed to anybody telling me that that's a mandated law. But, I don't know. Uh, the thing that's going to be so impactful for our communities like ours is, again, I said this off the top, but pro sports can throw all caution to the wind. Will they? Not sure. But they can. State institutions cannot. And that's going to be the thing that's going to be so impactful is if and when something explodes, when there's a gigantic infection coming out of a football game, particularly if it's in the state of Montana, it's going to be a huge hindrance, if not the end of the season for one or both of the Montana schools. Yeah, I mean, if, if you have something that is 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 major in scale, I mean, that that generally will end it. I mean, Rudy Gobert ended it for the NBA in a moment uh, in uh, in early March, and that's that's the way that it the way it went then. And even though I think we know a little bit more about this thing now, and and are familiarized enough to try and you know make as as smart a reaction to news and to findings as we possibly can. I mean, it's again, as I said before, it's it's you can't know what you don't know, right? And and uh, it's hard to know anything as it pertains to this, you know, this doggone disease, which my daughter is praying daily to be rid of. And, uh, you know, it's probably a, a good sentiment. It is a good sentiment, and I appreciate that for it. That said, how much money do you think the banners are going to get? On those covered seats, I mean that's prime I mean, time. That's prime time camera right there. As people that work part of our careers in marketing and advertising, we're always trying to come up with ways to reach the unreachable. Right? There's a sizable portion of the American population that are very reachable by advertising. Most of them are like your age or older. Mm-hmm. There's a sizable portion of the American population that are completely and utterly unreachable when it comes to traditional styles of advertising. I am I'm very vulnerable to things like podcast advertising, radio advertising, even some sort of in-game commercials for sporting events if I watch it on television. Mm-hmm. 
I, I could I have a photographic memory when it comes to statistics and names and and things like jerseys and stuff like that. I could not tell you one sponsor for an NBA team since they put the logos on the front of their jerseys. Oh man, because I've because tra- I've trained my mind to completely and utterly black it out. I couldn't tell you one sponsor for a stadium in the NFL because I've intentionally not wanted to succumb to the brainwashing. So what? I just want to know in the human what does that even mean in the human brain. At what point does everybody just train itself to shut off? If literally everything is sponsored, if you have a logo on your left front short, your right front short, your breastplate, every single tarp, every single seat, every single banner in the stadium, at what point does it actually stop working? I don't know. No, I mean all you got to do is look at NASCAR, right? Right. NASCAR's got. There is no such thing as a thing that isn't logoed, and so much so, like it's bizarre. I mean, a quarter inch of the elbow patch of the driver's u- uniform, it's got something on it. And the point is, is that you tell me you trained your brain not to not to see it, not to look at it, whatever. You can't not see it. This is this was the sublim not I don't want to say subliminal, but this was the subtlety of Nike, right? To put it yeah. on the jersey. They're not advertising quote unquote Nike on the on the football jerseys, but I I pause, I freeze framed uh, uh, I was trying to look at something, you know, a guy was doing and it was like a close up shot of a running back in the hole, and I was like, Holy cow, there's nine Nike emblems right. on the screen right now. Not intrusive though, right? Right. And that's, I mean, that's brilliant, right? If you totally. can, if you can do it. And now, you know, NBA has been the first to like actually get paid sponsors to do. And I will tell you that I do know some of them. First of all, Goodyear, Cleveland. I'm aware of that because of LeBron James talking about it. And second of all, Harley Davidson for the Milwaukee Bucks all day long for the Harley. That looks great on there. Could have given me ten thousand guesses. Wouldn't have gotten there. No, I only know because I'm from Wisconsin. I'm aware of the Harley industry in mm-hmm. Wisconsin. It's a big deal, you know. Mm-hmm. Motorcycle riding, get out there on the free road, and you know, just let her rip. Big time summer activity for the Scotties, man. Is that right? Oh yeah, big motorcycle. Oh, absolutely. Huh. Love motorcycle. Are you a motorcycle around. guy? Well, what do you mean? Are you interested in or do you become thrilled by riding motorcycles? Um, I I would like to have and to ride a motorcycle. I do not. Have you? I've ridden a motorcycle. You enjoyed it? Yeah, of nice. course. I've ridden a motorcycle twice. You hated Guess it. Guess what happened? Crashed. Both. Crashed and burned. Both times. Yeah. There's Front, no- in the neighbor's yard, got out the driveway, that's it. No chance. Straight in the mailbox. Yeah, that's... That's a good way to not be a motorcycle guy uh, in yeah. the future. No, I I, I, I I would like it. I, in fact, with our, our good friend Craig Johnson from the Trail mm, 133. Mm-hmm. He's a big is, motorcycle guy. Oh, he's, I mean, that's undersold. He is a, he's a, that's what he is. He's a motorcycle. That's motorcycle. You know who that's else is a big motorcycle guy? Who's that? A good buddy, Ty Gregorak. Mm, can do that too. Anyway, I had Craig take me over to one that was a used one that I was looking at and was, was somewhat, uh, interested in ultimately we decided the front brakes weren't all that they could be and that's probably not a great selling point to come home with you know hey the bike works except for the brakes it's a problem it's two-tail nuanas one two nine espn radio take a quick break we'll be back we'll wrap this thing up boys and girls i don't know about you but the last thing i want to do is clean up after my dog whether it's well anywhere but it's got to be done you can't just walk around, step in it, leave it outside. That's terrible. So what are you going to do? Well, here's what you're going to do. You're going to call the Montana Pooper Scoopers. That's right, Montana Pooper Scoopers. 
They offer one-time and weekly dog waste removal. This is both for families at your homes or businesses as well. A lot of businesses these days, ours most of all, got dogs everywhere. Go to Montana Pooper Scoopers. They got prices anyone can afford. Whether you got three Great Danes or just one Chihuahua, Montana Pooper Scoopers is up for the job. Put down the bag. Visit MontanaPooperScoopers.com and enjoy your extra free time. Also, mention this ad. Okay, mention this ad. Get $25 off your initial services. It's MontanaPooperScoopers.com. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more. Records have already been set in Major League Baseball this season, and the season has not even begun. Oh, boy. It's Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Great to be with all of you on this Thursday afternoon. Nope, Wednesday. Thursday's tomorrow. We'll be with you then, too. I have no idea. It's Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. Wednesday all day. Uh, (laughs) Quick note, for what it's worth, uh, Coulter and I, you ready? I don't know if I am. Are you? We going on vacation. Oi. So it makes me feel so guilty. Friday the 3rd, uh, we will be off in observance of Independence Day. And then the following week, we will be off. There will be no two-tail and one it. I uh, give you a moment to regain your breath after the shock and terror. Well, now that it's 90 degrees, I think everybody's just going to be listening to the podcast after 9 p.m. anyways because, yeah. you know, no wing at Wednesday well, calls today. Everybody's there, hiking there will or be golfing. No, there will be no podcast uh, as such, but you can go review some of the classics. So anyway, just well, so I'm saying you know, is today we'll was the first time that. ever we had no wing at Wednesday callers because I think everybody's golfing. Um, yes. Just portraying yourself out there you, uh, well, in the world. Just a second. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't hate on the, don't hate the player, dude. Hate the game. I, I I hate them both. Um, if you missed anything in the show, speaking of, do go listen to the podcast. Podcast available wherever you get your podcast. It's available all the time. The podcast is available thanks to our friends at Blackfoot and Alpine Touch. You ready for this, Coulter? Sure. You want to know if the shortened season is going to influence anything? I already sure. got a record for you. Let's go. You ready? Yeah. The Miami Marlins yeah. have never been tied for the lead or led their division with 60 games or less left in the season. Never. They do now. Even with? They are tied for the division they, So they, when they they won two World Series as well. That's right. As, as not the division winners, yes. Is that remarkable? We've we've talked about all the factors. that We've talked about a lot of the factors, I should say, that have got into my uh, continued disinterest in baseball. I continue to come up with new ones. That's one of them. The, the Marlins. The fact that you can load up, win a World Series, burn it to the ground, load up again, win a World Series, and burn it to the ground is, uh, I don't know, it, it just seems unhealthy for the state of what team sports should be about. You know, I'm, I'm not about it per se, uh, but 
it doesn't bother me. I I don't view baseball or any other sport for that matter as a as a continual entity, though it is. Right. I just I just, I just think it it's I just think it's so unfortunate. The, the the number one plight of the set no salary cap or the soft cap is that when you do get a team like the Cleveland Indians that go to the World Series, then they have so many guys that have great years to get there, mm-hmm. and they literally can't afford to re-sign them. And so then they go from World Series runner-up, American League champions, to burning it down. And now they are terrible, and it sucks. I'm sorry, man, you know, but at least you were in the show. It's pretty good. Couldn't overcome the Cubs. It's pretty tough. Boys and girls, we'll see you tomorrow. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear... How about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.